hello. Welcome back to another episode of Shaw Talk. I'm your host, Kale Shaw, and today I am with these two lovely people, and I'm going to let uh, let them introduce themselves. Yeah, so my name is Garrison Bowling. I'm the founder and executive director of the Ohio Student Activist Alliance. It's a group we started about two months ago, and we're focused on youth politics in Ohio. Hello, my name is Jack Cunningham. I'm also a founder and president of the Ohio Student Activist Alliance. Garrison and I have been rocking and rolling over the past few weeks, and we are just really getting a lot of good momentum going. We're going to make a lot of great change in Ohio. Thank you. So obviously, I met you guys through um, through some feats of activism, I guess, at the State House uh, a couple weeks ago. And it was just one Thank you guys for doing all that you've done just from what I have seen in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys can do going forward. Um, but I'm going to read your Twitter, uh, Twitter bio real quick. It says, we are a growing coalition of student activists in Ohio who are working to mobilize young voters. And at the very end, it says vote no in August or vote no on August 8th, rather. So uh, either one of you, you guys want to explain what that last part means? Yeah, sure. So, we, so we, oh, okay. no, go ahead, Garrison. Go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, for those who don't know, House Joint Resolution 1 and Senate Joint Resolution 2 were passed. And what that did was create an August special election on August 8th. And the people of Ohio are going to get to vote on whether or not to raise the voter threshold for constitutional amendments. So right now we just need a simple majority, 51% of people to vote in favor of constitutional amendment. If this goes through in August, it will raise that number to 60%. It will make it significantly more difficult for us to have constitutional amendments. And we are against that because we support grassroots movements. We want constitutional amendments to be accessible for the people of Ohio. And so that's why we're telling people to vote now. And one of the other things that is so important to discuss in this too is that four or five months ago now, they outlawed August special elections. And it was only because of the ballot initiatives that are coming forward that they decided to create this against their own legislation that they passed to circumvent the will of the rest of the majority of Ohio. Perfect. So before we dive into all of that, I want to give each of you a chance to um, tell us a little more about uh, the Ohio Student Activist Alliance, and and kind of your plans for the rest of the summer, um, especially how it relates to HDR1 and th things like uh, House Bill 151, Senate Bill 83, those types of uh, pieces of legislation. Yeah, so we started this, like I said, about two months ago. Uh, we felt that there was kind of like a gap in Ohio youth politics. And so we started this organization because we wanted to get kids engaged, we wanted to build a statewide network, and we wanted to focus on youth issues. Um, and when we started, we kind of thought we were like one of many groups that were working in this space, but over time we've kind of found out that a lot of groups are still restructuring after the pandemic, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. We're kind of the only group that's like youth-led, student-led, that's working in youth politics in Ohio. And we have a couple achievements under our belt so far. We built an automated email system that made it really easy for people to mail uh, members of the House GOP, telling them to vote no on SGR2. And we sent over 5,000 emails in the first day, and I think by the end of it, by the day of May 10th, we sent over 7,700 emails. So that was really cool. Um, so we've got a couple accomplishments, uh, and then we have our first partnership with Vote Riders. So what we're doing this summer is we're going to events, concerts, festivals. We already have about five 
that we're registered to be at. And we're going to be giving people vote writers uh, resources. So like if you can't afford a state issued ID, vote writers can pay for it. So we're going to be getting kids engaged, educating them about the August special election, advocating for the issues we care about. And then, yeah, getting kids registered to vote, young people registered to vote, I should say. We also have a very well thought out and staffed organization so far. We have a whole variety of director positions filled out, a lot of students and young people who are really engaged and wanting to help shape Ohio's narrative going forward. We've been talking with a whole variety of college organizations, and we are hoping to expand that further and get our outreach going in all capacity in Ohio going forward. We have a lot of awesome things planned. So I'm happy that you brought up kind of getting that outreach. Uh, your Twitter is a hub of what? What do you what do you regularly host? So we do. Uh, uh, go ahead, Jack. So um, for me, in my capacity, both as an individual and as president of this organization, I help to bring awareness to some of the issues that are going on in Ohio. Most recently, my recent Twitter space discussed how to organize Gen Z in Ohio. And I think that what we have seen, Garrison and I have seen, and Garrison, you mentioned this earlier, how there's a need for organizations who not just talk the talk, but walk the walk in getting young people turned out in Ohio. And so what our Twitter space does, and we we really work to like help bring awareness to what's going on, as well as bring attention to say, hey, not only are we Gen Z, but we are also going out and about to reach other Gen Z members in the state, which is so critical in going forward because we have all these upcoming elections. A lot of young people feel like the system has kind of abandoned them. They feel apathetic to what's going on. And yet with our organization, we've already worked to change some minds. And with our Twitter spaces, we're going to keep on going forward with that and continue our outreach in a whole variety of manners. And I also think it's worth mentioning. So uh, a few weeks ago, we brought on Emily Cole to our Twitter space and she's great. She's running for Hilliard city council. She's incredible. She has a background in nonprofits and we, we uh, pinned to the top of the Twitter space, a tweet that tells you how to email your reps and how to call your representatives. And during the course of that Twitter space, there was a lot of high traffic on that website and we know for a fact that about 45 people clicked the find your representative button. So hopefully they called. Um, so those Twitter spaces, they do work. They do help uh, get people engaged, give them the tools they need. It really, it does make a difference, I think. Awesome. So in 2022, like the midterm elections, obviously Gen Z didn't turn out nearly as much as young people did in 2018. So what should be our strategy, the three of us, or Ohio Student Activist Alliance and Policy Wonk, what should our strategies be to get kind of that record 2018 style turnout in 2024? So we actually in this state have a really low youth voter turnout. Um, it is criminally low. And part of the problem is, yeah, voters are apathetic. A lot of them aren't registered. And the other big issue is voter ID laws. So like, you know, you can't use your student ID anymore. There's stricter dates for getting registered. There's a lot of issues there. And, I, you know, I think they are trying to target students in Ohio. They want an August special election because they know students aren't in Ohio in August. They want these voter ID laws because they know it will be more difficult for students. And so I think that that's why our partnership with vote writers is like so crucial because 
we can now give them the resources to do that. And we have the funding and the budget to give them those resources. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big part of it is making it as easy as possible for them, making sure that they're aware of dates. And also we talk a lot about meeting young people where they're at. So instead of like, you know, setting up at a school to get people registered or something like that, this summer we're going to concerts and festivals and events, places where we know young people are going to be congregating. So we can meet them where they're at, get them registered, get them educated. And then uh, we're working on having a text messaging campaign to let uh, to let young people know about the August 8th special election and and things like that. We got a lot planned for the summer. Jack, you go ahead. Yeah. Um, Garrison, you really laid it all out exactly like it is. What is also important for us is that we recognize that there are some people who are more active than others because some people, they are they either they have a lot of stuff going on in their life or they work a lot or whatnot. And so we recognize that. So what we also want to do is provide options to say, hey, if you want to just go out and vote, you can. This is our recommendations. If you want to go out and canvas, we're going to provide those opportunities as well. And if you would like to get further active and involved with our organization, we are also going to be getting that out too because there are a lot of people who have like different interests and wants as far as elections and cycles go and so it's important for us to not only recognize that also say hey if this is all you can do he very much appreciate that and will help you in that manner or if you want to do more we will work to help you out with that as well because it's all about providing different options and opportunities for young people and get their voices heard that's what it is that's what it can say cool so let's let's backtrack a little bit and let's talk about the stop hgr1 sgr2 days of action that we had um specifically the second one because that's when they voted and that was more arguably more important um so out of the three of us i'm almost positive that jack is the only one that made it into the gallery on that day so tell us a little bit about that and tell us why you got kicked out sure so you know, what really frustrated me, frustrated me about that process, as well as many other people, is that they were first starting to pack them with their staffers, and then they went on to the people who claimed they were saving Ohio's constitution. But in reality, it's not saving it. It's diminishing the diminishing the will of the people themselves. And so they had their people move in first. And while there were like maybe 50 people at most, there were over 200, 300 of us activists there who were fighting against this. So they started to fill them in and then we were getting up the stairs. And then my group was one of the last group to go up. Unfortunately, Garrison, I I really wish you were there joining me, but um, I'm glad that you were able to keep the good fight in the rotunda. When we we were going up there and we finally got sat down, we could take a few pictures before the session started, but once it started, there was no video recording or audio or picture taking that we could do. And so that's fine. And then when we they had the when they had the Republican speakers speak, there were people in the rotunda chanting and we could hear them in the gallery. And we like that was just so cool to see. And then when the Democratic speakers were speaking, there was silence from the rotunda. And so it was so cool to see, hey. The people really do not like what these Republican speakers are saying, but for the Democratic speakers, it was great. And so I forget exactly which representative it was, but when she was speaking, when she was finished speaking, we all in the rotunda were cheering for her and that like we were like, yes, you are saying exactly what we are thinking. And we're so glad that you are speaking for us. 
And then we got the first warning from the speaker and he was, and he tried to like get us to quiet down, but that didn't work because we were so passionate and so glad to make our voices heard. And then as things kept going on and some people were on the Republican side, we're still spreading misinformation. Some of us started booing. Some of us had our thumbs down for disagreement. And then another Democratic speaker stood, stood up and we uh, started chanting as support as well. And then we also got another warning. And then uh, and then it finally came down to passage of first the amendment and then the eventually the whole proposition. And then when the amendment got got approved of, we all started booing and saying, hey, like this is not okay. This is not what we want. And then that that is the moment that we got kicked out. And so he called, instructed the sergeant of arms to like take us out or like take us out of the gallery. And so they started shuffling us all away. And then we just kept on chanting as we were getting kicked out. And, you know, I, I heard and saw what happened in Tennessee and I'm like, part of me was thinking like, there's no way this could happen here, but it did. And so while that part was unfortunate, it was so great to hear the, people channel their voices from the rotunda and that was just a great way of saying that hey we're aligned on this and we are not happy about what's going on yeah i I think uh, we should give a shout out to mia lewis from common cause because she was the one that made that happen so she was on the phone with someone who was in the gallery and they were texting her updates saying now's the time to boo now's the time to cheer and so it was pretty incredible uh being in the rotunda and watching her do that and watching it all happen And I have a lot of respect for Mia because that took a lot of energy to keep that energy going that day, to keep talking to people, to keep yelling, screaming, chanting. I mean, it was it was a lot of work. She did an incredible job. So. Obviously, it passed and that was that was that was kind of tough, but a lot of people are optimistic about the fact that there is such a low turnout in August Um, because a number of people I've been talking to are saying that the people who are going to come out and vote in August are the people who are educated on the topic. And there are people who are quite frankly, pissed about the topic. So what do we do? This is a question for Garrison first. What do we do as I guess, niche internet micro celebrities or, or things like that to make sure that that is the reality. What do we need to do to make sure that kind of young people, Gen Z or anybody who's educated on the topic, who's pissed about it, make, how do we make sure they come out and vote on August 8th? So we're actually doing this thing over the summer. Um, We're taking artist submissions for people to paint, draw digital, whatever they want to do. But as long as it says vote no in August, and then we're going to do weekly reminders of these, these different, uh, Aesthetics and art styles, and a art and at the end of the summer, closer to August day, we're going to have a competition. First place will get, you know, like $100, second place $50, third place $25, and we'll pick whatever we think are the best submissions to get that message across. I think this is good because it gets the artists of our community engaged. I think that they'll be more fun to look at. Um, you know, I know that uh, when you see Vote No on August 8th and it's just that same like blue and red lettering you see people sort of become dull to that over time when they see it over and over again online. And so we're trying to spice it up, make it interesting. And then we'll be making TikToks, you know, trying to reach young people on the platforms that they're on and trying to educate them about this because 
we have found like the data, the internal data that we have done, we found that if we tell young people, hey, you need to vote no in August in order for the reproductive rights amendment to pass in November, that strikes a chord with young people a lot more than just saying, hey, they're trying to raise the vote threshold for constitutional amendments, because that's not as interesting. It's not as grabbing. Mm -hmm. So we have like a lot of data to suggest how we're going to message this and then how we're going to reach young people. And I think that meeting them where they're at is so important. So my next question is for Jack. Um, I live in an Ohio House district that borders Representative Brian Stewart's. Mm -hmm. um, he he represents Pickaway County and Madison County, which are directly to the south and the west of Franklin. Um, but I, I keep saying he's going to go back to his district. He's going to tell people to vote yes in August, which don't do that. But he's going to tell people to vote yes. And people are just going to listen to him because they're his representative. Yeah. So what would you say we need to do to reach out to those types of people? Is it like putting it bluntly, Republicans? How yeah. do we reach out to Republicans and say this isn't what you, this is not going to benefit you in any way, shape or form? What do we do? Well, I think I think that. Part of it comes down to uh, media messaging, and this is why um, people like David Pepper have been so critical in spreading what the correct information is. And he has done a lot to help make it so that people are truly informed on what's going on. And I think that it's great to channel that further. And so something that I personally have been thinking of is seeing if there's anyone in, within that area who would want to be vocal about it and speak out and say, hey, your representative is not telling the whole truth. Sure, partial, sure, portions of it are, but he's misconstruing it to support his narrative. And because he has that influence and position of power, more people will listen to him because, and we should trust our politicians. However, we should not trust them when they're misconstruing the facts. And so that's one of the things that we've been thinking of. Another thing too is that right now our main power comes from social media and whatnot. And while right now we're working to expand on that further in preparation for the November and um, primary and general elections next year, we want to help make it so that all people in Ohio are connected within our social media platforms. And from there, continue by spreading words by word of mouth saying, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to affect you. And this is how it's going to play out in as far as the future of Ohio goes. And so when we, prepare and finalize those documents. We're going to be spreading those on our social media platforms, on our website. And then we're going to blast our media every now and then by saying, hey, this is the correct information. If you want to read it, please go ahead. We also need you to spread that to your friends and family who are living in Ohio so that they can make the fullest, most prepared decision on this when they can. Because it's so important for everyone to be understanding of what the issue is. And so by providing these information, not only can we channel that on social media, but we can also depend on the grassroots efforts that we need to make it so. It's not just about us telling you, it's showing you how this is going to affect you with the community that we have built in Ohio. I think the other thing to add to that is that I think a lot of older people are going to want to protect 111 years worth of tradition and democracy. And this decision would overturn that. And so I think a lot of older people don't necessarily want Ohio to become radically changed. You know, if we if we preach that this is about tradition, 
they'll probably go for it more so than what younger people would. So we do have that that sort of messaging in mind for older groups. Awesome. So um, his name's Brad Cotton, and he's running against Brian Stewart. Um, not this cycle, but the next cycle. And this is some messaging that he's been trying to to uh, spread in Pickaway County and in Madison County. Uh, things like it's more than just abortion. There's popular support in our state for things like raising the minimum wage, popular support for things like an independent redistricting committee and things like that. And those would all be constitutional amendments. And we need to talk about the fact that let's say your side, not you guys, but your side wants to pass a abortion ban in the constitution. That's also not going to work with the 60% threshold because mm -hmm. they're just moving the goalpost because they can. So right. if we, I, I feel like if we focus on how this is a, this is a power grab, they're doing these things simply because they can, that also would help reach um, older folks in a little more red parts of the state. I wholeheartedly agree with that because yeah. when our policies and our partisan politics go into some really, really heavy partisan territory, there is still a lot of compromise and a lot of issues that an overwhelming majority of people agree with. And so by doing these ballot initiatives themselves, and by saying, hey, this isn't a Republican or Democratic issue, this is just something that affects Ohio as a whole, that is a lot more impactful than saying, oh, the Republican Party supports this or the Democratic Party supports this. You know, because a lot of people are independent thinkers in Ohio as well as the country. They don't align with either ideology. They just want to look on policy and issues. And by messaging that and structuring that too, that is an important narrative that we need to discuss and to share out when we have these conversations. I think uh, the other thing to add to that as well is that Emily Cole talked about how if this goes through, the only amendments that will pass are ones that are funded by special interests. Grassroots nonprofits trying to push these amendments, those are the ones that are going to be hurt the most. And we don't <laughs> want out-of-state billionaires interfering in Ohio politics. I don't think anybody wants that from either side. Exactly. And... I think I think that the work that you guys are doing is phenomenal. I think that it's going in the correct direction and I'm hoping to see some great things in the coming months and hopefully this is something that that lasts uh beyond you guys, beyond me. So uh what what would you guys say is the goal? Because we're not going to be students forever. I I would hope that uh students continue to uh, organize through the Student Activist Alliance. So so what do you guys think should be, what do you think is the foundation that you guys are laying and the legacy you guys are gonna leave? So I think the biggest thing is that as a coalition, we operate to give resources and highlight the issues that are affecting the, the people in our in our group. So like the queer and trans student union at Bowling Green, if they need help with an issue that's impacting them, we can focus on that. And we have a statewide network to support those efforts. And as a coalition, we're not trying to tell our members what to do or necessarily directing them. We're giving them their independence, their autonomy, and just giving them the resources that they need to succeed. And we find that that is the most important thing, that these groups like the queer and trans student union, they're gonna be around after we're graduated. Um, unofficial student unions, 
Black Lives Matter groups, those groups are still going to be around. And so as a coalition, as long as we're supporting them, we think OSA will have a bright future. And we also think that by keeping the average age of our team down as much as we can, by making sure that we're youth-led, student-led, that will ensure that OSA has a future because young people have the ambition, the energy to get things done. And I think that operating in this space, we can accomplish a lot more than what what certain groups have. And really adding on to that, um, some of the narrative that I've heard from a variety of people is that people, the older generations typically have more money than young people, but um, not the time or the resources to help, like, you know, generally speaking, manage and help organize something like this. Whereas people of the younger generations, we do have the energy, the passion, whatnot, but we just don't have those resources to carry it out. And so another reason why our organization is so beneficial and crucial is that Garrison, I, and our team are working to not just be activists, but also get resources into our team. So that way we could create this self-sustaining goal. So five, 10 years from now, whether Garrison and I will still be here or not, whoever does lead our organization continues to have those resources and help channel youth activism here in this state. Perfect. So we have about six-ish minutes left. So I'm going to wrap it up with letting you guys take turns, um, giving some final remarks. Um, Share your experience with with uh, Policy Wonk on social media. So get get uh, get our name out there. We'll get continue to get your name out there. But uh, let's start with Jack. Just kind of wrap things up. Throw out some fi- some final thoughts, some words that you want Policy Wonk uh, listeners to hear. Sure. You know, Kale. Not only do I substantially appreciate the opportunity to have this with you, I think that it really does take a team and a coalition or an alliance to really get things done. One group is not enough and it really takes a whole coordinated effort to really get good, meaningful change done. And so where our communication here on your podcast is just one of the many crucial steps that we need, not just to help get our messaging across, but to introduce new viewers to both of our shows, our resources, and our capacity as young people to provide change in Ohio to get great, meaningful work done. And so, you know, Garrison, when I first met Garrison, Garrison had this really, really grand vision of how to, of what he wanted to provide change. And I was so inspired by that. And I wanted to fully support him and the organization that he initially created to make it so that young people can have a stronger voice in Ohio than they ever have been before. And so my goal here is within these six months, year, few years, who knows, is that at the end of the day, Ohio young voters and young people themselves have not just a greater voice, but an equal share of what is going on, not just in their lives, but in the state of Ohio, because it's not just one group who controls Ohio. It's all of us living here, residing here. And that is something that needs to be addressed. And through our organization, we are going to bring young people to the table and demand that our voices are heard. Yeah, I I think, uh, and to add to that, over the past two months, we've spoken to organizers and activists all across the state. And there is so much energy and ambition. And all we're trying to do is just channel that, facilitate it give them the opportunity and young people will succeed. 
And I think often we see in Ohio organizing that young people don't always get the opportunities to have that seat at the table. They don't always get the, uh, the opportunity to be a part of management or leadership. That's what we're giving them. We're giving them that opportunity. And so far, it's worked out pretty well. We've got our name out there quite a bit. We've got a couple achievements under our belt. And I think uh, people are seeing what they're doing, and I think they know the potential that it has. And I think that we we can crush this in August. I think we absolutely can. There's no doubt in my mind that we are capable of shooting down SGR2. I think we can I think we can do this. Or issue one as it's now called. Awesome. So that's I mean, that's all I had. Um, so this has been Jack and Garrison with the Ohio Student Activist Alliance. Uh Garrison and Jack, Jack and Garrison. But I hope to have you guys on again at some point, uh closer to August uh 8th, hopefully. But um I will we will continue to be in touch uh for however long this takes to to bring the the state of Ohio back into uh back into a state that represents all Ohioans, not just the ones that live in Madison County and Pickaway County and places like that. So thank you guys for being on. Thank you guys for all of your insight and uh thank you for all the work that you do. And we'll try to get this edited cranked out as fast as possible all right thank well, you so thank much you. for having us on